Um, and this one, we'll talk about this next main event here on Wednesday. As It doesn't get any weirder than this. A Wednesday card starting at 6 in the morning. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know that. As a replacement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Prelims start at 6 a.m. West Coast time. So one championship um, fight, you know, waking up in the morning. Exactly. It is. uh, It's unfortunately not Leon Edwards versus Kazmat. Obviously, we wanted that fight. Obviously, COVID took it away from us a second time. But we have a um, an interesting fight still. Michael Chiesa, Neil Magny at 170, number eight versus number nine, and both these guys on a three-fight win streak. They both are feeling feeling pretty confident about their performances, and um, stylistically, they are complete opposite fighters. Michael Chiesa has never knocked out anybody <laughs> in his pro career, which I thought, I, I honestly didn't think was possible. Um, but mean, he's a submission wins. artist. He's had, yeah, <laughs> 17 wins, none of them are knockouts. Which means he's pretty good on the ground. Mission artist against Magni, who's more of a, I mean, people don't like to call people decision fighters, but he legit has the second most decision wins in the welterweight's history. So, um, my opinion is Chess is going to have to sub him to win. If he goes the distance all three rounds, he will probably lose on points. And, um,. Magny, he's a veteran. He's been in this division a very long time. He has faced guys like Chiesa before. Um, his takedown defense is 59%, so he's going to have to definitely keep this on the feet if he's got a chance. I have uh, I got Michael Chiesa by submission. What about you? Nice. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that knockout thing because it's going to make a joke. Like, if you wanted to win some money, just bet that this fight won't end in a knockout, you know? <laughs> because <laughs> yeah i mean you could joke say this is probably the most boring fight just because you know it's gonna be hard for kiss to take down magni but kisses looked fantastic in his last three um i mean the competition was like rda who loses every fight to wrestlers unfortunately diego sanchez and carlos condit so as good as he's looked i'm still a little skeptical but yeah. i mean neil magni he's like five and one i think his last six but same thing. I mean, his competition he won is a little bit better. It's like Lawler, Anthony Rocco Martin, and Jingling Lee, who you'll see, you know, on one of the earlier fights. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Kiesa gets it done. Maybe even a split decision, unanimous decision, you know. Um, or I could just see, you know, Magni kind of take over, you know, on the on the feet maybe. Um, Kiesa can't get those, but I think this will end in a decision no matter what. One of them. Yeah, I mean, it, between the two, they got a lot of decisions. I'm with you on that. You're good. I can always edit it out. Um, we got a lot of decisions between these two fighters, so I'm with you on that. I think it either goes to a decision or she has to get it done on the ground. Um, but, I mean, it's interesting. You got a guy like, say, say it one more time, sorry. It's just like if these guys were fighting other, you know, a different style, like if Kiesa was fighting someone, you know, who specializes on the feet, not so much, you know, on the ground like Magni still does, you know, it'd be way different. You'd like, Kiesa's going to ragdoll. This is a really interesting fight. Or, you know, you had Neil Magni versus like a Leon Edwards. Way more interesting fight, you know. But it's just 
absolutely like this different styles contrasting and i think that hamzat chameev and leon edwards fight it's just kind of like the ferguson could be fight i can see it falling out again um don't get your hopes up like i have i'm not i've already already given up on that honestly yeah but i'll I'll see it once it's on my tv you know that's when i'll trust it you know So they're in the ring. I'm not. I'm not getting my hopes up on that one. After after booking number two falls through, it's like, all right, I've been here, done that way many, way too many times. Got my hopes up. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's interesting. Just to kind of wrap this up real quick, Magni obviously fighting on the main card. Santiago, as we just talked about, knocked him out. He's like the third from the top on the main card on the first fight card. So, you know, this fight card is obviously a little weaker without the main event as it was, but. It's Wednesday, and it's an MMA card, and I'm not complaining, but let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to the uh, the pay-per-view. Next Saturday, return of Conor McGregor. But before we do, we have the debut of probably, correct me if I'm wrong here, the most coveted and the most hyped free agent signing the UFC has made in, in quite some time, in, in, in quite some time. Um, Michael Chandler coming over from Bellator, former champion in Bellator against Dan Hooker. Probably the one man you do not want to fight in your in uh, UFC, <laughs> UFC debut. Yeah, it, it just, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit of trash about Chandler, just not, you know, just doing a lot of talking, not a lot of fighting, but decided to get in with the hangman in his, in his debut. I have so much respect for that. It's absolutely insane. He's going for it all. He's going for it big, and if he gets this dub, he's right into the top five, and he's uh, he's playing around with not only the big names but the big money, and so there is a lot on the line here at 155. Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler. Obviously, Dan Hooker's got that big reach advantage. Uh, do you think this uh, it will be used in his favor? Because at the end, of the day, he's got like yeah, four inches Hooker, advantage. So, I mean, Hooker's. Like I said, we want to talk about horrible. He he brought it to Poirier, you know, in that fight. I mean, he easily won those first two rounds. He lost the last three against Dustin, of course. But if he does what he does to Chandler, like what he did to Poirier in those first two rounds, I don't see Chandler getting out. Um, I think Chandler, you know, fighting maybe anyone below him, I would be rooting, saying Chandler, you know, definitely could get this done, like against a Paul Felder, even RDA. Even against Charles Oliveira, I think Chandler has a way better shot. But yeah. Dan Hooker is going to bring the storm off immediately, and he wants to welcome this guy, which is funny as that is. I mean, Dan Hooker will fight anybody. Also, I think he sees him like this guy's going to have to take me down somehow um, to win this. Um, and the difference is, I mean, Hooker's seven. I think two is last nine. One of those wins is against Gilbert Burns. You know. As fantastic as Gilbert Burns has looked, even though it was in a lightweight division, not welterweight with Gilbert's in now. Chandler, once you, you said it best, he's very highly coveted, but you know he's only 9-2 in his last 11 in Bellator, and he did get knocked out by, if you want to call it a controversial first-round knockout, to actually lose his belt to Pitbull, Patricio Frieri, which I think if he made the decision to, UFC, to come to the UFC would be even a higher, you know, Higher kind of promotion because I think Pitbull is like extremely UFC caliber, you know, just yeah. what he does with his power and everything. But it'd be interesting because Chandler has been knocking people out lately, but it's not a specialty as a wrestler. And 
I think if he tries to, you know, overhand right, like Hooker, what he did to Benson Henderson, you know, Hooker's going to give him all he can handle. So I do have Hooker by second round knockout. Um, I just think it's going to be a really, really tough fight for Michael Chandler. Not saying he's not going to have a successful career in the UFC, but Hooker, Hooker knows he can't. In this lightweight division, he can't go, you know, 0-2 his last two. Just going to send him way back. So Yeah, and, and, and not only way back, but legit will lose his spot. Michael yeah. Chandler, if he wins, will just completely take that spot over in one more rank down the list. He goes in a, I mean, with Connor back as stacked as it, the lightweight division yeah. has ever been. So, um, here's my here's my issue with this. Michael Chandler is obviously we talked about it, a wrestler wrestler with with some serious wrestling credentials in the NCAA. Um, but people, even myself. Before doing research, I did not understand how good Dan Hooker's takedown defense is. 90% in the lightweight division. That is third highest takedown defense in lightweight history. So you're talking about a guy who needs to take him down. Historically, stays on his feet nine times out of ten. I I, I just think that is going to be a big task on Michael Chandler's hands. So And Dan Hooker's team with Adesanya. They have the same coach. And yep. when you're training with Adesanya, you you know you're learning every day. And it's funny, Dan Hooker was a featherweight and was not a good featherweight. And he's the size, he's a size, he's bigger than some middleweights even. Um, and I mean, Dan Hooker, I think lost to like Jason Knight. He was losing, you know, some very not ranked opponents and went to lightweight and all of a sudden showing this power that he has. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's gonna be a rough night for Chandler. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough task. It's very interesting because you see you see um, Hooker's takedown defense is like around the seventy seven range overall in his career, but his statistics when he fights at lightweight are up there with the elite of the elite. So I'm with you. I got Chandler getting knocked out in the second round. Um, and with that being said, I mean we have seen a lot of guys come to the UFC, lose their first fight, and still have a lot of success. So. Um, I think Michael Chandler does well in the UFC. I just don't think this is the uh, the ideal form. And um, I know Hooker uh, is going to bring it first first second of that fight. So um, Hooker by unanimous decision. The more I think about it, I think it's a second round knockout. Now let's talk about the big, big, big one. It does not get any bigger than this. I mean, you got Khabib and Connor, which is obviously the biggest. You got that the, that that pedestal yeah. at the top. Connor, Dustin Poirier, two has got to be right below that. And honestly, in terms of pay per view numbers, this might be massive. They might be doing real numbers out the gate. You got Dustin Poirier ranked number two, Connor McGregor ranked number four, both coming off one win. After, uh, before that one win, they both lost to Khabib in a title fight. So they're both coming off pretty similar um, similar paths, except obviously Dustin's coming off a war with Dan Hooker, where McGregor's coming off a one-minute knockout of Donald Cerrone. So one man is a little, I guess, a little more favored, Conor McGregor, just because of his hype. And, you know, he called out an, under 60 seconds. He's going to knock out Dustin Poirier. I, I I disagree. I think this is going to be a a, a five-round fight. 
And I think Dustin Poirier is not the same fighter he was at 145 back in the day when he got knocked out. And uh, this is going to be, in my opinion, could be fight of the year. What are your thoughts on this? There's so much to say. So much to say. Where um, where do we even start? Dustin Poirier, yeah. You know, I mean, he beat the number one ranked guy, Gaethje. So, you know, you could even say, you know, he he deserves to be number one. And. Connor sees this immediately as he he gets through Dustin, you know, he, maybe he's in talks with it could be rematch, or he's fighting, you know, for the title next. Um, this is a different fight. People forget McGregor lost to Khabib, but he's still eighteen and two his last twenty. It's almost like he knocked out everybody other than, of course, Diaz. I mean, sure he's three and two his last five, but he was submitted by Khabib and Diaz. Those aren't two people that you know you can say, oh, you got submitted by them. You know, two you know, two of the exactly. best submission artists that have ever come in the lightweight division. Um, even though the of course DS fight was at welterweight, and Dustin Poirier, he's like five and one his last six, just looking unbeatable almost. But the issue I have with that is people saying Dustin looked bad. You know, he is a different fighter, but he can't give the two rounds he lost to Hooker like he can to Connor, and he can't get hit by the shots he did by Hooker by Connor, because yeah. I mean. I don't think it's going to be 60 seconds. I could say maybe even going in the second round, but Connor's going to come out swinging, you know? Um, the way how focused he is, I mean, just what I think, you know, the way he started that Cerrone fight, just trying to fire that that right hand immediately, you know? I was just like, okay, this guy's, uh, this guy's hungry again, man. So I, I, I don't see it going to decision just because I think it's going to end in the second round. Or, you know, first couple rounds, I mean, um, I, I think McGregor's going to get it done. He's going to bring the fire to Poirier, and I don't think is going to be able to stand too much longer. I mean, we could see Dustin shock the world and knock out Connor, you know, or take it by a decision. I could be wrong. Um, but this the way Connor's looked and everything, you know, I just I just don't see how, how he loses this one. Um, and... Yeah, I hope he does respect Dustin because even it's almost like Dana White's not giving Dustin the same respect. He just came out and outlined Connor's pl- next two fights if Connor wins, and it's just like just a huge insult to Poirier yeah, he's accomplished. But after those yeah. those first two rounds against Hooker, I just I think Poirier, you know, he's not the fastest starter. Um, yeah, I just as good as he is. Any other person, even if it was Oliveira, Gaethje, I see Dustin coming out, but I just don't see the style going too well with him again, especially McGregor. I mean, they're talking about it was at featherweight. Well, this is at lightweight where McGregor has even more power. So, and people yeah, forget too. Be a, um... If there was like 10, 15 seconds, I think it was after the second round of that hooker fight. Poi is getting knocked out. I'm sorry. I don't care what you say. If you rewatch that fight again, um, maybe he doesn't get knocked out. Maybe he just falls to the floor. But Dan came on so strong in that. I believe it was the end of the second round. And obviously Dustin made the changes. But you know, it's when you're fighting a different fighter who has knockout power like he does. I mean, obviously Cerrone was losing a lot of fights when he got knocked out. But no one does that to Cerrone. I don't care. You know, Cerrone yeah. when he's losing fights, he's getting knocked out in the second or third. Or he, you know, he's. He's losing by decision, but just to get starts like that, I was like, you know, the man still got it, and you know, I do see him going through Dustin. Yeah, it's gonna be. Um, I think it's gonna be a war. I got, I got Connor as well taking it uh, by unanimous decision. 
I think uh, I think Dustin's getting overlooked a little bit, and I think he wins one round, even maybe two. But at the end of the day, just taking a look at what Connor's been—I mean, dude—he looks—he looks absolutely just massive. I could not imagine trying to take a left yeah. and continue on. So we'll see. I mean, this is the biggest fight of the year, and unless Connor gets a rematch with Khabib, it will probably be the biggest fight of the year. So. I know Dustin is is ready. I know Dustin is going to bring the fire. And he knows what's on the line here. He's got yeah. a lot to lose. He's got a lot to lose. But he so. also knows what this fight, and he said it best. Imagine if this was his pedigree. McGregor, Hooker, Holloway, Alvarez, Gagey, Pettis. Yeah. Um, you know, he's already, I think, a Hall of Famer. And Absolutely. just what he's been able to do in the lightweight division, other than that one could be, you know, black mark, but. I think that, yeah, they both see what's on the line for them, you know. This is really a career-altering winner. How do they not get a title shot? Um, I do – I can't stand Charles Oliveira demanding a title shot already just because, you know, it's like you beat Ferguson after he came off that bad victory, but he doesn't really have too many wins off, you know, too many top ten opponents. Other, I mean, sure, he beat Kevin Lee, but, you know, Kevin Lee isn't the gatekeeper of that lightweight division, so. I mean – if you are if you are in the same division as Conor McGregor, you got to beat Conor McGregor if you want a title shot. So, or he's got to beat like a I, even Gaethje. You know, if he beats, if he does what if he does what he did to Ferguson with one of them, I'm sold. But you know, how can he argue that he deserves it? You know, or he doesn't need to get past at least Justin Gaethje because it's like yeah. he won a decision. Gaethje knocked Tony out. You know, he had him bloody battered. Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, but either way, that lightweight division is stacked. I mean, I think it's the best division on any MMA, you know, division in the world. So it's a uh, and they just added a piece. So it's going to be. I mean, it, honestly, with the we'll talk about Dan Hooker and we, we talked about Dan Hooker and and all he's done recently and, and how dangerous he is in this fight. But if you think about it, Dan Hooker has always been looking out on the outside of the top five, even though he probably thinks, you know, in any other division, he could probably be a top five talent. But, I mean, obviously, in a different, you know, dimension. But what I'm, <laughs> what I'm getting at is, is so much happens at 155 next Saturday that, you know, if Chandler wins and shakes, Poirier shakes wins. Shakes it up a lot. What what in the world is gonna yeah. like honestly? What happens if if Poirier and Chandler? Or Chandler wins, goes out there and just I mean, knocks him out in the first round. You know, it'd be it would just be bananas because so, then you're like you could do Oliveira, Chandler, Gaethje, yep. Chandler would be an amazing fight. And I mean, either way, it's just nice to have the UFC back because it's yep. been a while. It you know, I've seen be, way too many yep. memes about it, and you know, now he's just gonna wake up tomorrow. It's like opening presents, but. And you find out you're an adult and uh, you're living by yourself and you don't have a Christmas tree. So, <laughs> <laughs> This is the present from the universe for a great 2020, my friend. Thank you for being here as always. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Before we sign off, anything you want to talk about? I mean, is, do we, we get everything? I think we got yeah, everything. I, yeah, just because who knows what's going to happen. You know, they got a lot of big fights coming scheduled. We see, you know, they had the Jan Sterling fight. They're bringing back, you know, um, you know, I know I could see Henry Cejudo fighting again in 2021 just because, you know, I think 
think he kind of leaves him with bad taste in his mouth, just letting Jan take the title the way he has. Um, a lot's happening. In now with TJ Dillashaw back. It's like, and you have Adesanya, you know, he's going to fight for the light heavyweight title, Blasowitz. I think Blasowitz is getting zero respect from anybody. Adesanya's already the favorite. Um, then you have Jones moved to heavyweight. I mean, I would love nothing more, to, you know, to see Jones at heavyweight. And then, you know, you have Stipe Nagano too. And it's a lot of really good fights coming up. And, I mean, we see what the UFC did last year to keep people, you know, people almost sane. It's something to watch, you know. You can't yeah. watch movies. You can't just watch Netflix the whole time. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last few weekends. I'm just like, what the heck am I doing? I don't want to watch a movie. I don't want to play games. I just want to put on, like, <laughs> you know. Hockey's back, thankfully, so that kind of fills it. And we have football yeah. ending shortly. So UFC, you know, it's kind of that crutch you got to lean on now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As always, they will always be there for us. And uh, I'm excited. 2021's got some super fights coming in the future. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, Dana White said today he's going to drop a bomb GSP, on us this summer. Yeah. Could be that. GSP, I mean, you, got, you, got, you still have Covington. Absolutely, if that happens, but we'll we'll continue yeah. because we don't want to speak, you know, for any fights that you know, might not happen. But with COVID, we gotta take it week by week. So thank you, my friend, for being here, and uh, we will see you next time. Hopefully, talking UFC 258. We'll see what's on that card, but uh, in the meantime, my friend, stay safe, stay uh, stay healthy, and we'll we will see you soon. Thanks, man. You too. All right, brother. Talk to you later. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Kicking It With Kyle here on the Going Live podcast. Uh, stay tuned for a lot more a lot more stuff coming your way, a lot more podcasts uh, more frequently. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Peace.